This is episode 20 of Audacity to Lead. Looking to make the leap from potential to productive performance? Thinking of starting up with business, career, ministry, or your life tax? Join Dario Samuel on the Audacity to Lead podcast as he shares tips, steps, and strategies to help you chart a compelling course for your life. Hello, Audacity to Lead tribe members. Welcome back to another episode of Audacity to Lead. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you get focused, get started, and be impactful. My mission every time is to help you become more focused with your life, more passionate with your life task, and more impactful with your influence. On this episode, I'm going to be having an interview. I'm going to be asking Thomas Former of Thomas Former Company a couple of questions, and he is going to be sharing his insights, his thoughts, and advice with me and with you on how to launch run and grow a coaching consulting or training business online and he's going to go into some details and tell you about how to identify your target audience how to niche down he's going to show you he's going to tell you a lot of things some of the mistakes people make when launching a coaching consulting or training business online he's also going to share tips for how to build strategic alliance with you and this episode is actually packed full of content packed full of insights, information, and stuff that you will definitely enjoy. But before I go into this episode, I want to say thank you to a couple of listeners who sent me their feedback, who got in touch with me, who sent their feedback. Well, if you haven't left a review for this podcast, you can do that by going to audacitytolead.com forward slash iTunes. I want to say thank you to Emekanobis, thank you to Raymond Akora. Thank you to Dave. I don't know his second name, but his name is Dave D-A-V-E-Y. I want to say thank you to Dr. Malik Haruna. Dr. Malik Haruna just launched his own podcast, Mouth to Mouth with Dr. Malik Show. And that's a podcast I will also say you should take time to listen to if you want to know anything about therapy, medical, sex therapy, and health issues. Wow. I want to say thank you also to Tony Ugu to Timothy Ajiboye and to John Fair. I want to say thank you to Iwo Akinoyenu for sending in questions that I asked Thomas Foma on this episode. I want to say thank you to every one of you that has taken time to listen to this episode this far, from episode 1 to episode 20, this present episode. I really want to say thank you. Thank you so much. You have kept me going. You have kept me going for since June 2014 that I started this podcast. I want to say thank you. I also want to say specifically thank you to my, I want to say congratulations rather to Maiwa Jishafe for his podcast being featured in new and noteworthy in marketing. Marketing. Okay, I can remember that right now. His podcast, The Author's Crib, was on new and noteworthy top 20 a few days back. I want to say congratulations to Maiwa Jishafe. Well, Maiwa Jishafe's name appeared in this episode because he sent in a question for me to ask Thomas Formo, and you're going to hear about that. I also want to say thank you to you. Yes, you. You have been part of this podcast this far. I want to say thank you to you. Yeah, really, you. I'm beating my chest now saying... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so let's get into this episode. Like I said, Thomas Former is our guest today. And to tell you a little about Thomas Former, Thomas Former is a 
master coach is a coach is a consultant is a trainer well i met thomas former in through a coach i took online taught by jeffrey t Sui of master coach university thomas has a passion for helping people which made it to be on this episode on this podcast today as an entrepreneur business owner and professional speaker thomas has over 18 years working with businesses chambers of commerce and professional organizations his experiences while building six companies and training thousands of people are starting many lessons including the wisdom of seeking out experts and mentors his expertise includes communicating effectively let me repeat that communicating effectively under pressure conflict resolution also known as dealing with difficult people is he has an expertise in sales how to sell without selling and sales process consulting developing effective leaders and managers on this episode specifically thomas shares with us on how to launch and run grow a coaching consulting or training business especially online and this is going to be a very awesome episode for you to dive into at the end of this episode i have a challenge for every one of you i have a challenge for you and i would like you to take part in the challenge so please make sure you listen to the end of this episode thank you let's get into this episode yep let's welcome thomas palmer how are you today i i am doing very well thank you very much been uh been been a pretty busy day so far actually <laughs> actually you're right how's the family oh doing very well we've uh we actually adopted a couple of new dogs so uh we've been <laughs> wow. training them and and, and they're, or they've been training us rather we took them to the dog park for the first time yesterday a very stressful <laughs> event so they got to play with a lot of other dogs and nobody attacked anybody so that was a good sign wow that's awesome <laughs> that's great <laughs> let's get to meet you who is tom and what does tom believe in well tom believes in a lot of different things. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really just an entrepreneur at heart. And, and what I really believe in, it guides pretty much everything I do, both in personal life and business, is I really enjoy you know, helping others succeed. And that's something I've had a passion for for quite some time. And that's really, it really has been a driving factor in a lot of decisions that I've made and, and um, things that I've undertaken and people that I've partnered with and worked with. And that's something I really didn't realize, I guess, until, you know, probably in the last few years, I really realized that that was the driving factor in there. Um, and I've had, I've built five companies since 1994. Wow. And done lots, lots of work for uh, charitable organizations, things in the community. Um, and I, I really have enjoyed teaching. I've, I've done everything from uh, being a tennis pro uh, and playing tennis and teaching people how to play tennis. Uh, I have a degree in accounting. I've had a landscaping and power equipment company. At wow. a mortgage company. Wow. And then uh, back in 2007, you know, this, this driving philosophy of really helping other people, teaching other people, and, and helping them succeed kind of came together when we launched the Thomas Fulmer Company, which is our, our training and, and coaching company. And we've been doing that pretty much full time ever since and, and just looking for ways to give back through that company. And so that's, that's really. Um, you know, what I enjoy doing is, is figuring out ways to partner with other people to look for new and innovative ways to help them succeed, help them, you know, overcome challenges, um, do things they didn't think possible. Well, let, let me also congratulate you on your becoming a master certified coach from Master Coach University. Congratulations, Tom. 
Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, that was that was a uh, a great uh, program to go through. I connected with uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff who runs yeah. that program online. I actually discovered oh, Jeff big... from Udemy through his course, and mm -hmm. then that was how we got connected. And then that was how I connected with you also. And right, that's actually how I connected with Jeff as well. Wow, awesome. So, Tom, let me know how did you get started with coaching? What, of course, you already told me a little of your story just now, but I want to know what got you started into coaching. What how did you get to where you are today? Well, I think the really thing that got me where I, where I am now was as I as I was working with the different companies I had, I had staff I was training. Um, I got to know people in the community, and and I had a great opportunity to do that. And what I realized is that uh, when I was just out there, just doing my normal business, people would start asking questions uh, about what I thought about uh, how they were doing something with business or. Or what I might recommend for for um, how they could grow their business or meet more people or resolve a problem, and I'm not really sure what led them to start asking me those questions because that <laughs> certainly wasn't my my business at the time. Yeah. But I really found that that every time people ask the questions, I seem to come up with answers, and wow. that was just you know from from reading and watching other people, and I, I really enjoy learning, and I guess I just picked up a lot of things along the way. And the more people that would ask questions, you know, I finally started getting asked to speak to some small groups. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'd come in and speak to the Rotary Group or the networking group or the, or the Chamber of Commerce. And as I got asked to do those kind of things, it just kind of spread out a little bit more uh, because I wasn't doing anything related to coaching except or, or even training except for my own staff, you know, really, and just, just volunteering, you know, you know, prior to that. And as I started getting asked for that, I realized that there was value in that and that people really, you know, seemed to enjoy that. It seemed to be something that really helped them uh, move forward. And that's when, you know, like I said back in 2007, that's really when it kind of came together and we decided, you know, maybe we ought to be just doing this full time. Wow. And, and that's when I, I started doing it. And I know one of the challenges of making that transition uh, into that, that coaching uh, consulting arena was valuing what I was doing. Because to that point, I had just been offering advice and help just kind of as it came up. Hmm. And I was very fortunate to meet up with a gentleman named Joe Peachy. And he actually wrote the book, uh, Sell Naked on the Phone. It was all about uh, you know, how to be open and, and honest with prospects and how to be able to reach out with people and, and build connections and build rapport quickly. And he actually became a mentor of mine. And that really, through that relationship, really changed the way I saw how coaching should work. Uh, I became a certified human behavior consultant uh, through through Joe, uh, through some programs he was working with, awesome. and really started looking at, you know, how do people behave? What leads them to do different things? What leads them to choose different paths? How do you communicate with them in such a way that you can actually help them overcome challenges? Because everybody hears things differently. I can say the same thing you know, and 15 people could hear me and 14 of them are going to hear completely different things just by the tone, <laughs> the words yeah. I use, yeah, the yeah. order of the words I present things. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I learned how to put all those pieces together, that's really what, what made it a good coaching relationship for me when I was really able to start connecting with people. And, and that's really kind of where, where I've um, continued to develop it ever since then, everything based on human behavior. How do we behave? How do we process information? And, and I've used that to, to get more proficient at it and to reach out and help more people. And that's just kind of snowballed to build, you know, our coaching consulting company. 
Awesome. I also noticed that your wife is into coaching. That's a great combination. Right? <laughs> I was always told that uh, you know, if you can work with a family member, you're doing good. And if you can work with a, with a spouse, you're even doing better. <laughs> wow. And uh, I, I know we've been married for about 15 years. And awesome. I was a tennis I was a tennis pro when we got married, and, and during that time, she wanted to learn how to play tennis, and I did not do as good of a job coaching her during that phase early on in our life as I did when I learned human behavior later on, <laughs> so <laughs> it's really funny because when I, and I told you when I met Joe that I, that I uh, went through the certification to become a human behavior consultant, uh, just after that, we were speaking at a conference. I was speaking to about 300 and something business owners in uh, Orlando, Florida. And my wife was there too. And I was wow. speaking for about 45 minutes on building relationships and rapport building and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. And I came off stage and she's just smiling at me. And I looked at her and I said, I said what? You know, what? Because I knew something was up. Huh. And, and she looks at me and she goes, that was really good. And then, then, then she goes, you've been using that on me, haven't you? <laughs> so I was talking about human behavior, you know, how to, how to read people and all that. She says, you've been using that on me, haven't you? <laughs> so, you know, from there, things, uh, things, things did get better, and I became a much better, uh, better partner coach, I guess you could say. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, from your story you just shared, you said you found your passion. My question is, where was your passion before you discovered Joe, who actually brought you into coaching? Where was your passion? What were you interested in at those times? Well, I was still interested in, in the area of coaching, but not the personal development side. It was really um, – I, I had two pieces. One was was um, tennis. I love tennis. Um, I went to school. I graduated with a degree in accounting. Two weeks later, I took over as a tennis pro and did that for the next 10 years. So I really, I really enjoyed the the camaraderie, the lifestyle of a of a tennis pro, and I got to do a lot of things with a lot of people. I coached a lot of people during that time, so I was still doing coaching for quite some time. Uh, just that transition time just changed the way I did things and opened up my view of how I did things because a lot of things I was doing, I didn't understand the dynamics behind it. So I've really had a passion for for helping people for a long time. I've I've pretty much always been that way. Um, I mean, even growing up, I grew up in a small town in Alabama. And, you know, even then, everybody in the town would get together to help each other out and go do things. I learned how to do, you know, roofing, plumbing. You know, we called it barn, do a barn raising where you go over and you help them, you know, put together a, a barn or redo their house or something. We actually did that kind of stuff. Neighbors yeah. helping neighbors. Yeah. And so I, I really had that kind of mindset all the way from my, uh, from my grandparents who set that example, you know, uh, that you're a part of a community that, that you should do things to be a part of that and support that community. And so I've always had that kind of mindset you know, going into things. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So when you got started with coaching, how were you able to get your first few clients? Well, the first few clients worked out really easily because uh, I guess when right before we launched our actual coaching company, um, I had some clients kind of lined up already through our marketing because we had a mortgage company. Okay. Where we did uh, home financing and commercial financing, just because in Florida during that time frame when we launched that it was a big real estate boom here in Florida, and what I was doing to get business from real estate agents, from other bankers, from uh, the general public was doing education and training. So, wow. I, like for instance, real estate agents, I was training them how to go out and build clients, so that when they got clients, they would come to use us for the financing for it. And so as I was doing that. Um, that really was my first few clients kind of came from, 
from the things I learned during that time. So when we actually launched our coaching business, I already had a reputation for doing sales training, customer service training, uh, generating referrals. And, and oh, so that really just kind of just kind of flowed right into it. And then to get my first, first clients outside that area, uh, I had joined the Chamber of Commerce and got really involved with that. Uh, I actually chaired pretty much every every committee, a couple of the different chambers of commerce I was a member of had. I chaired their marketing committee, their referral groups committee, wow. their uh, leads group stuff. I mean, uh, Better Business Council, I actually sat on their board of directors. Um, I was one of the wow. executive directors, uh, executive committee. And so I did a lot of those things within the, the, you know, the kind of the business organization here in the area. And that put me in front of a lot of people, a lot of our industry professionals, wow. as well as small business owners. So a question came in before this conversation, before this interview. I sent out something to my list to add what they would like to ask you. And a question came in from Mayawa. Mm -hmm. And he said, how do I get my first client if I'm just starting and nobody knows who I am? That's a, that's a great question. And I get that from a lot of the, the coaches and consultants that I work with these days because we've started doing a, a lot more with them. And one of the first things you look at is who's your sphere of influence? And usually people have some type of sphere of influence and they have certain expectations they've set with other people. So what you do is you look through who your contacts are, what their connections are, and how they and look at how they see you. So yep. what you do is you pick out somebody from that group that sees you already as a trusted expert in an area. And then you simply reach out to them and ask for an introduction. Uh, you don't necessarily... Uh, try to sell the people that you know, you make it so that they see what you're doing, you know, maybe get in touch with them and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm going to be doing some things a little differently. Now, I found a passion in doing this and I know I've had an opportunity to do whatever it is with you before where we've built a relationship. You know, who do you know that could benefit from and then whatever it is that you're helping people do? Awesome. And just simply ask the question. And that's a great way to get started. Uh, another thing that's very important during that, if, if you're going to launch into a coaching business or a consulting or a training business, is managing expectations. So, you know, it, it, you need to take a little bit of time maybe to ramp up and, and put a few things out there, like create your LinkedIn profile, you know, uh, some different profile sites that are out there besides that. There's quite a few different places you can do that. But create a profile that, that matches what you want people to see of you. Because one of the first things people do these days when, you, when they find out about you is they look you up. Yeah, and definitely. so what they see when they look you up, you want, them to, you want whatever they see to create the image and the expectation of what you want them to see. And most people fail at that. And that's why they have trouble getting their first few clients. You know, Once you get a few clients, you build some referrals, you build some introductions, you leverage social proof, you le leverage testimonials from people you've worked with, and then that kind of snowballs if you do it correctly. But those first few, setting that expectation right up front, you know, being seen as a trusted advisor, uh, you know, with, with putting out articles, changing your profile, having a, you know, a website that reflects what you do, having some videos done. You know, there's a number of things that you can do in there depending on what specifically your area of expertise is. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tom. Now, I, I want to know, if, if someone is getting started online, what are the steps the person mm -hmm. can take to get started with coaching? Well, if they're doing online coaching, one of the things they want to have is a really solid platform to be able yeah. to do that. And you want to have a very, very good organization because there are certain things that you're going to have to be able to deliver on. And that's going to be so such as the follow-up, 
how are you actually going to deliver the coaching? Or are you going to be doing things in person uh, in an area that you're just setting up online? Or are you going to be using Skype or some other resource to connect online? Is it going to be an email type format? Are you going to be doing follow-ups? So you really need to think through what your sales process is going to be. And that's going to tell you what pieces you need to be successful uh, doing coaching online. For instance, um, I have um, a coaching software online so that say if you and I were doing a coaching call, for instance, you know, we might get on Skype or, or uh, just a phone call. We yep. have our coaching call. And then yep. as soon as I get off the phone, I have a system that you're connected into so I can go in and type in notes, action items, to-do lists, my next appointment schedule, all of that. And it's going to automatically update you and notify you on a regular basis with all of those different things. Wow. And then you'll log in. I'll be able to see your progress as you go. And it, it creates a platform for us to communicate back and forth where it's really easy to see everything we've done, you know, what progress we've made, what things still need to be done. So having something like that is a very powerful tool. Um, we're actually going to make that available as part of a, of a project that we're getting ready to launch called whenyouneedaspeaker.com. Yeah, That's been, how important it is. I mean, we actually partnered with, uh, with John, uh, who developed uh, Coach Accountable, to make that part of our system. That's, yeah. that, that's uh, just one, one of the great tools. Yeah, but I think I love your when you need the speaker. I love the site. It's looking awesome. And it's launching in about well, 21 days. Right. Yeah, we're on, our, we're on our countdown right now. I'm working with a, uh, with a partner. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things you, you mentioned there. How do you get started online and, and create your, you know, get your first clients, all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, I looked at it from the perspective when I first started, you know, I didn't know how to do, you know, websites. I wasn't sure about all the online marketing stuff. There's just so many things that I didn't know. And I tried to put all these pieces together that weren't designed to work together. Mm. You know, how, how, do you, how do you get a product? How do you monetize your knowledge? How do you maybe sell a product that, that, that you didn't create but that it's something that your clients would like to have? You know, how do you take care of e-commerce? How do you process credit card payments? Um, you know, all these different pieces – uh, how do you put them together? So when we did whenyouneedaspeaker.com, one of the things that we added as our kind of our upsell offers is not only do you get a, a professional directory that's going to look really nice and have a video promo for you and all that, but you have the option to do some other things like get a full speaker consultant website. You can actually get one with a, uh, a shopping cart, e-commerce all built in with a membership site built in for your clients. Awesome. And you can also get products and, and products to offer that you can sell from day one. So, I mean, how cool is, is starting in a speaking or training business or coaching business and being able to have your website, you know, a featured directory listing, have your e-commerce set up, have products to sell on day one, let alone have the, the um, extra input to create your own products that you can then not only sell on your site but actually sell through other speakers. Awesome. You know, so when we put all that together, that was the idea of it. How do we make people successful very, very quickly? Because I, I, I'm a big fan of the, of the philosophy of any kind of business you get into. You want to do the things that make you money as quickly as possible. And then you grow your business from the money that you make early on. You, know, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time, effort, and, and dollars up front to really not get a return. Yeah, and so sure. we built this to, to kind of shortcut that time frame so that you start making money much more quickly. And without all the frustration and hassles of doing all the stuff that's not your expertise. You know, if you're good at coaching, you should be doing coaching. You shouldn't be updating a website. Yeah. You know, you should be doing what makes you money. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, recently you wrote a post about coaching solutions, secrets to sales success in 2015. And in the post mm -hmm. you talked about 
top seven mistakes salespeople make. Can you shed more light on that? Oh, I've written quite a few articles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, which, which one was that one? That, that was, um, where was that one posted? Was that one I did on uh, LinkedIn? No, the one you did on your blog. Oh, on the blog. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different mistakes uh, that people make on a, on a regular basis. Um, and I actually have to go back and reference those really quickly just because I do write a, I write a, a good bit of articles for a number of, uh, for a number of different places. Um, I, I think one of the ones, if I'm not mistaken in there, is uh, that if you, if you don't create a, a professional presence, it, one of the mistakes was don't create a professional, professional presence, you don't set a certain expectation, yep. then, then you're not going to be very effective at doing your job because people do research online. They do look you up. And... So many, so many times, that's really just the, the challenge um, is how do I create the expectation of what I want people to know about me? You know, how, how do I position myself effectively? Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things I, I know I talked about in there that was really important was that there's very similar behavior profiles to, to people who are really good in sales and people who aren't. You know, there, there are certain things that a lot of people are told that are just just flat out wrong out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're yeah, told uh, to, to start a business to be good in sales that you, you know, you go out and you build relationships and you have to work on rapport and you have to keep working at it until you, until you do that. Well, that's not really the case. What research has shown is that the people who are out there and they really go get it, they're diligent, they're follow up, they're on task, uh, pretty much what we call sometimes type A or really direct type people. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that make significantly more sales than the ones who are just, you know, I just want to, you know, just keep me in mind or, or uh, let's just be friends. And if you ever need me, just let me know. That's just the wrong type of language, the wrong type of mindset. Wow. And, and a lot of people have that going into it. Um, let's try to think of a few other ones that were on there. <laughs> uh, you know, fail, you know starting, starting a presentation too soon, that was another thing. Uh, I see this quite often on social media and LinkedIn, those kind of things. People jump into a sales process and start telling you why they need your service without knowing you at all. You know, wow. I, I've had people, I've gotten emails from people that were messaging that says, hey, we can help your dental practice do A, B, and C. Well, I don't <laughs> have a dental practice. Wow. You know, I mean, they're, they're just doing things and, and they don't have any clue who they're sending it to. They think they're marketing to like a group of people, but they don't understand that you have to make some one-on-one connection. You have to to phrase things so that you connect with people directly and make sure of who you're connecting with. Sure. You know, uh, another one is, is spending a lot of time marketing to people who aren't really your target market. Uh, that's a big challenge that I see people doing. They're, okay. they're chasing after people who really aren't the right, the right clients. I'll give you an example from our mortgage training days. Okay. We, I had one lady who was uh, a mortgage broker, and she was complaining that the only people that ever called her were people that had bad credit and had no money to put down on a house, buying a house. And I said, well, well, where are you advertising? She said what's called a thrifty nickel, which is a little five and dime um, newspaper that's just left at you know, restaurants and all over the place and advertises really cheap stuff in it. And the ad said, no credit needed, no down payment needed. Wow. And she was wondering why she was getting people with no credit and no money. <laughs> so you know, who, who you market to is who yeah, you get. Definitely. So if you, if you do things to market the decision makers and to, to give them value, you're going to connect with those kind of people. So you've got to really sure. think of who you're trying to reach when you're, when you're connecting with people. Okay. Um, can I chip something in, Tom? Huh? Sure. 
Okay. When you when you talked about knowing your target audience just now, you you can you do a little bit of clarification about that, like how to know your target market. Absolutely. Especially there's, online. There's two ways. Yeah, there's there's a couple of ways to go with that. One is is if you're fairly new and getting started, you have to decide who your who your target is. So you know, knowing what you're offering, what solution you know you bring to a situation, what problem you solve, who is going to be willing to buy that from you. So you really have to look at it from that perspective if you're fairly new. And then once you've done that, then you can kind of create a profile of who those likely people are and then figure out where they go, where they are online, what their presence is. So for instance, if I'm marketing to just general consumers out there, I'm probably going to be on Facebook versus on LinkedIn. Yeah. If I'm marketing to professionals, you know, C-level type professionals, consultants, um, you know, people that are higher level engineers, those kind of people, they're going to tend to be on LinkedIn. Sure. And, and there's going to be a different set of conversations. There's also going to be different groups. Uh, and so you can look at it from a group perspective. So that's one of the ways that you look at it and you break down. If you've been in business for a little while, you've had some clients, you've had some that were maybe good, some that maybe weren't, what you'd want to look at is who is my best client? Who is the one that is consistently willing to pay me? They pay me on time or even sooner. Um, they are the ones who refer me regularly. They're the ones that try to connect me with as many people as possible. They're the ones that tell me how much benefit they get on a regular basis. And you look at it from that profile and say, okay, that looks like my target market. That's who I want to market more to. And I really encourage anybody that's out there in the training, coaching, and speaking business, don't be afraid to narrow who you're targeting. Instead of saying, you know, any professional who, you know, who needs help with their online marketing, for instance, or needs yep. help with training their staff or whatever it might be, maybe focus on, you know, small dental, helping small dental offices reach more clients, you know, quickly, you know, focus on, you know, very, very specific niche type market. And the more you narrow it down, the more focused you're going to be, because if someone's looking for what you do, they're going to look for that niche focus over to somebody who does a little bit of everything. You know, for someone who, for instance, does, you know, website consulting, social media consulting, sales consulting, management consulting, leadership development, uh, and, you know, 75 different other things. Yeah. There's no specialty there. So if I find all of those things and I find somebody who does the one thing I'm looking for, I'm obviously going to assume, and most people are, that the person who offers just that one thing is probably going to be better at it than the person that does 700 things. Hmm. And, and a lot of people are, are too afraid to, to narrow down that market. And that's really a pitfall they fall into. And I, I've done that in the past. So it's not only have I seen that for my clients, but I've been guilty of that as well. Uh, for a while, I mean, we've redesigned our company at the end of last year. But for a while, I was hired to do some sales training for a major hotel chain um, across the country. And we were doing sales training for one of the one of the main hotels here in the area. And they simply asked if I had a referral to help them out with their website and then with their marketing and with a few other things. And I didn't really have anybody that we could trust in this area. And it finally came down to it that they said, well, look, can you do this for us? Can you find somebody to do it and just handle it? I said, well, okay, sure. No, you know, not a problem. I'll take care of that. And then it just added one more thing and one more thing and one more thing. And it was good for them because they wanted to pay me for one single point of contact. Wow. 
And if I was expanding my business, that was fine because it was really good business. Now, if I had gone out and marketed that I did all of those things, I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have ever gotten that client in the first place. Sure, sure. So I got it through a very niche. So just because you're niche marketing something doesn't mean you can't do other things. You just have to be careful how many other things you take on. Do they take away from your business or add to your business? And does marketing those things take away from your business or bring you more business? So those are a few, a few ways that you can, you can look at it. But I'd say really taking a look at who you want to target and then split what's called split testing it. You know, yeah. do some marketing to, in one area and do some marketing in a different area with a little different focus and see where you're getting the response. See where people are actually coming to you and actually willing to pay you for what it is that you're doing. Awesome. I'm excited to hear that, Tom. <laughs> well, I think some of the things you said you actually directed at me because I'm making some of those mistakes, and really I am. I'm making some of those mistakes. So maybe you should continue with the mistakes you were talking about. I'm sorry, say that one more time. You were, th- you were talking about the several mistakes salespeople make. Okay, say a few more of those. Yeah, um, one of the things is uh, trying to get people to buy what you're selling. Whenever you're pushing things, that really becomes an issue. People don't want to be sold. People want to make a choice to buy. And if you look online about sales process or how to increase sales, you know, there's people that say always be closing. You're always trying to figure out how to close. You're looking for closing behaviors. Well, one of the things to truly understand when you understand the dynamics of people is that you never close someone else to buy something. Hmm. All you do is, is you put them in a position so that they are ready to make a decision and then the decision becomes there, becomes theirs. I always like this quote. It says, you know, you've always heard this. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Sure, sure. You can can lead a horse to water, and your job is to make them thirsty. It's not to make them drink. It's to make them want what you have during the process. So during your process, you should be presenting what you do, how you do it, the solutions you get, the results you've gotten for other people, depending on what it is, so that during that conversation with people – by the time that you get to the end, you have a decision. Either they are confident and say, hey, let's ready to go. We're ready to go. Let's buy. This is something we want. You know, or we need more information, and then you have a step for that. Or you know, we're not interested right now, and then you can move on. You, you, know, you don't want to be trying to force people to do anything. That's just a mistake a lot of salespeople make. They're really that overly pushy, you, you have to buy our product. You should buy it. And it's, it's, you're kind of stupid if you don't. It's the kind of mindset they have. Instead of making sure that they're – they're actually being the one that helps the client see them as a solution. And they have to come to that decision on their own. And that should be your sales process should help them to do that. And, a lot, and that really comes down to expectations as well. I mean, when I meet with someone, for instance, if, if I was you know, meeting with you and we were talking in a, in a coaching or consulting relationship, I might, I might say, well, you know, we're going to have this conversation today and, and talk about some of the things, you know, you're asked about coaching and about how to increase your sales. And I just want you to know that when we finish our conversation, you know, one of three things might happen. You know, when we finish, you know, we might find that this is a great fit, that we can really work together. We can start, you know, greatly increasing our sales right away, and we want to take some action to do that. Yeah. Or we might find that you're really just not sure yet, and you maybe may need some more information to make a comfortable decision because you're really not sure exactly where you want to go from here. You know, or number three, we may find that it's just not the right fit or it's not the right fit right now. And when we finish our conversation today, I just want you to be really comfortable letting me know which one of those it is. You know, whether you're ready to get started, I'm, I will jump on it. We'll get it going. If you want some more information, I'll be happy to provide whatever you need 
to make a, a good, comfortable decision. And if it's not right right now, it's okay just to tell me that, and we'll still part. We'll still be good friends. We can still you know, look for opportunities in the future. Is that fair enough? Wow. And that's just a three-option opener. It's just one way to set that expectation that you're going to get to a decision, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an adversarial decision because uh, a lot of people won't tell you no at the end. They'll keep stringing you along, and the mistake that a lot of salespeople make is they will continue following up with people over and over and over again, even though the, the prospect has already decided they're not going to buy it. They just haven't told you. And that saves you from wasting a lot of time. Plus, by saying that up front, it actually increases your chance of doing business with them by about 30%. Wow. Tom, thank you so much for sharing that. I don't know. Is there any other thing you would like to add to this interview before we end it? Yeah, I will tell you, any, anyone who's looking to be a, a speaker, trainer, consultant, or looking to grow their business, you need to really look at, at things from not only what are the things that you do, not only how to niche and focus in specific areas, uh, but one of the things that we did not talk about was how to build strategic alliances. You know, look for ways to partner with other people. And there's quite often, I've done this many times, people, people that focus on, you know, very, very similar or even some of the same things that I do. How can we coordinate, collaborate, maybe target different niches? How can we work together to do things? And what we find is that the better you are at collaborating with people, sure. the more effective that you're going to be. And I sure. think that's one of the biggest things out there, especially as a coach or trainer or somebody who's an individual in business. Because so many times, and I've done this in the past, you probably have as well, yeah. when you get in it and it's just you, it's hard to stay on top of things. It's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. It's hard to come up with new ideas. Yeah. But when you get a few people that you can brainstorm together, you know, working together, we all accomplish more. That's a tagline we've used for years. And yeah. I'm very, very firm believer in that, that working together, we accomplish more. And say so that's the, the biggest thing I can leave you with is don't try to do everything on your own. Uh, if you want something to do, you know, done right, you don't have to do it yourself. You just have to find the right people to help you do it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tom. My pleasure. If anybody wants to connect with you, where can they find you online? I know it can be found at thomasformer.com, but of course, you can give me give more information about that. Yeah, thomasformer.com is a great way to get in touch with me just to go to the website simply for the fact that you've got the phone number there. There's also a, a, a way to uh, book a time with me. There's book a meeting with Thomas Fulmer. And I always do uh, when I have the time. It's obviously on my schedule. But I have a tab on there under the contact form that says – um, free uh, coaching call. So yeah. I'll do a free coaching call with pretty much anybody who wants a little help, want to brainstorm some ideas, and uh, you know, no sales to it at all. It's strictly trying to come up with uh, some solutions and ideas to, uh, to help you out or ways to partner together. And so if somebody wants some advice, that's a great way to do that. Um, that's, that's really it. WhenYouNeedASpeaker.com, we're going to be launching that. That actually is up. And we did a special for you guys and for all the listeners out there. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask way, you about that. Yeah. It's uh, just go to whenyouneedaspeaker.com with a slash and then audacity to lead, the number two lead. So just yep. like the, the name of, of the podcast there. Yep. And you'll see a special offer. And it's actually uh, we're offering it to, to uh, 20, the first 20 people that join before we launch. And you'll get a lifetime directory listing on our speaker consultant trainer website uh, for $397. It's normally going to be $297 a year. So that actually gives you a lifetime membership. And you also get special recognition as a featured member. You get a special expert interview, and there's a, a bunch of other perks that we haven't even uh, haven't even listed on there yet. But uh, that's just a special for all the people listening to this podcast, and just because of you know all that you're doing to reach out, we wanted to, to do something special for your listeners. Thank you so much for that. Yes, my pleasure. And thank you for being on the Audacity to Lead. Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed it, and uh, looking forward to, to the future collaboration here. 
and that's it for this episode of audacity to lead you can pick up every single link mentioned check out the show notes and leave a comment at audacity to lead.com for slash 20 that is audacity to lead.com slash two zero and we'll pick it from there you can also find the links to thomas farmer's website and to when you need a speaker Okay, so that is it for this episode. I really want to say thank you for joining this episode. Thank you for listening and really thank you. Okay, now for the challenge I was going to put forward to you for this week. I want to create a name for all listeners of this podcast, Audacity to Lead, and followers of Audacity to Lead blog. So I'm throwing out a challenge to you to come up with a name for every listener and post it at audacitytolead.com forward slash 20. I'm going to be the first person to comment so that you will see the name I have in mind. And then you can add your own insights, add your comments, add every idea or ideas. And let's, let's discuss and let's see how we can create a name for you. Create a name for every listener for that to lead. And this has to be done between now and next Tuesday, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, to this episode actually, but if you're listening to this episode today, 27th of January 2015, this episode, the challenge will expire by 2nd, or let me say by 1st of February, so we have about 5 days to 6 days for this challenge to run, and we are going to come up with a name for every listener of Audacity to Lead podcasts and Audacity to Lead blog. So let's do this. I know you are up to it. And this is another time for us to create something completely unique and individual to us as both host and listener and participant and community member of Audacity to Lead podcast. Well, this is where I'm going to leave you. So if you want to be a part of this challenge, just head over to audacitytoolie.com forward slash 20. You are going to find everything we discuss on this episode. And if you scroll down to this comment section, you are going to find the name I have in mind for every listener. And you, are, you can add your own by just leaving a comment. If you like the name, fine. If you don't like the name, tell me. Just be open, be free, and let's discuss this. And this is where I'm going to close the chapter for this episode. I'm going to see you again on the next episode and we are going to see the results we have. Once again, I say thank you to Thomas Farmer for being on this episode and thank you to you for listening. Enjoy. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Audacity to Lead podcast. We believe you've been inspired and greatly challenged to step out and lead with more influence and impact. Till next Tuesday when we bring you another episode of the podcast. For more resources, visit audacitytolead.com. last minute announcement i want to tell you say me you know forget to leave comments for that post because if you forget bearing